It's uh, 18 to midday and time for our regular real estate segment uh, with the great man himself. Do we have a special introduction? We don't have a special introduction. We'll have to orchestrate one, if you'll pardon the pun. Peter O'Malley, thanks for joining us, mate. Pleasure, Bill. Good to see you. Uh, I know this is a regular segment uh, on the Michael McLaren show, but I've got good news and bad news for you this week. What do you want to hear first? I'm a bad news guy You're first ba- up. So am I. I'm, I always ask for the bad news first. Well, here's the bad news. The latest Governance Institute of Australia Ethics Index says real estate agents are the least trusted professionals in Australia. I don't know why I'm laughing. It's just wicked the cash <laughs> um, so there you go uh, people are not convinced real estate agents are here to help them do you want the good news now i'd love the good news after that yeah you've just followed the insurance guy uh, <laughs> poor old andrew uh copying it left right and center here on the text line people have had a gut full of insurance companies so i think you're actually going to get a free ride here peter oh that sounds good that's yeah. a um, that's a harsh mark for the real estate industry there <laughs> We, let's not talk about journalists. That's right. Um, <laughs> I can't believe you actually got above us on that list. But uh, ne- you never know. I think maybe the journalists have probably deleted themselves from the the survey. What do you reckon? Well, a journalist produced the article, didn't yeah. they? Hmm. I, I think there's a little bit of corruption going on there. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, any questions at all for Peter O'Malley? One three one eight seven three on the phone line. Get a text in zero four six zero eight seven three eight seven three. And look, let's let's leave aside that uh, they're always humorous those least trusted, most trusted professions things. More importantly, uh, Benjamin Franklin said in 1789, and Peter's sitting here looking at me going, where the hell is he going with this? Nothing is certain except for death and taxes. Uh, If Benjamin Franklin lived today, he would have added something to that. Nothing is certain except for death, taxes, and increasing property prices in Sydney. It's extraordinary. Uh, the, the latest Bureau of Statistics figures, Peter. Yeah, that's right. House prices for the year to date, Bill, are up 8.3%. Apartments are up 5.2%. This is at a time where we've seen four or five interest rate rises yes. in 2023 mm. to back up the uh, the eight that we had in 2022. So uh, remarkable performance by the market, um, and it shows you that interest rates are not the sole determinant of how a property market performs. It, it is such a conflicting argument this or discussion to be fair um, because I say argument because people are very envious of the fact that politicians are quite often property owners Uh, there are other actually interesting arguments which we'll get into uh, down the track about why it's actually not bad for a whole range of people that property prices keep going up homeowners for example and many of us are investors of course is another one but uh, the other thing is affordability of housing too and and the Albanese government has a we won't politicize this discussion don't worry but the Albanese government has that big big problem at the moment of creating generating affordable housing part of that is reliant on this market we're talking about that's right I, I admire the government for making an attempt to bring more supply to the market but it's not enough. Um, They need to ease regulation. If you speak to anyone that's in the property development sector, they're wrapped up in red tape. Uh, I recently helped a client subdivide a property bill and it took six months to basically get approval to put a fence line um, between the two dwellings that were already on the site. Um, That was no fault of anyone at the local council. They actually came to our aid at a a point of distress to help us get it through, Mm. Um, but they were so short-staffed there. They're so overwhelmed with workloads that there's no ability to get extra supply to the market quickly. And um, as I say, I think there's a lot of uh, virtue signalling in in this housing measure that the government have come up with because it won't fix anything in the short term. I've been saying for 12 months that the rental crisis that everyone's talking about has not hit the market yet. 2024 Mm. is going to be particularly bleak for tenants. 
Well, this is the thing. Governments can very quickly transfer money to people who need it uh, or create mechanisms by which people can be supported, funded. But you can't just click your fingers and make a house or an apartment. Correct. Um, so th- this is a particularly difficult question. And, and look, I want to get back to that point I made about uh, the notion of public housing. And now that we've got into that uh, area, a, a very interesting argument came up in the newspapers during the week, which I admit I hadn't thought of. And that is that the, the, the burgeoning real estate market, and I, I know there are some areas where it hasn't gone as well as Sydney, but we're talking nationally now. The burgeoning real estate market actually should assist the government in investing in public housing. Uh, I know we don't want to create welfare traps. We don't want too much social housing. That that does create a generational welfare trap. But there is a valid point about the government technically, because it's our money they're spending, technically investing in housing because they're basically making us all property investors as taxpayers. It's an accruing asset. So there is an argument that the government should be getting into the property market as much as we are. That's if they could manage costs appropriately, Bill. And <laughs> There's a good question. And, 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 and let's be real, that's not going to happen. I think you're better off leaving it with the private sector sector yeah. and making it easier for the private sector to be able to perform its duty. And that's that's definitely not happening at the moment. And and for the ideologues out there, the investors are not necessarily multinationals and really rich people. It's mum and dad investors who might only own one property, but that property is housing someone. And that's a lot right. of those people are very sympathetic landlords too. So for the last three years, uh, our agency, like most agencies around Sydney, has been steadily settling down its rent roll. Right. And as, you sell, as we sell off an investment property, eight times out of ten it's purchased by an owner-occupier. So mm. that's another drain on the rental pool as it's beginning to shrink at a time where the government told us in the May budget there was 400,000 people a year net migration coming into the country and numbers this week suggested that it's closer to 550,000. So even the solution that they came up with this week is not enough to house the new people they're inviting into the country. Hence my comment that the rental market will be particularly bleak for ten next year. Wow, that's funny you should say that right now because we just had a call come in which we can't take yet. We'll have to take a break uh, and Tony, we'll get back to your call right after this. 8 to 12, Peter O'Malley from Harris Partners is in and his regular segment and we've got a call from Tony. Uh, good day, Tony. Yes, uh, good afternoon, uh, Bill and Peter. Bill, I just wanted to say uh, 100% uh, Shane Oliver, the Chief Economist from the AMP, touched on the exact same point earlier on in the week. He said basically the immigration numbers should be restricted in the sense that they correlate with the amount of construction we have. Otherwise, we're going to have a shortfall. Uh, but you know yourself, Bill and Peter, the only reason why the immigrations are higher is because basically it's propping up the, uh, the economy. Mm. And if we didn't bring in all these people, sadly... Uh, would be basically in a bit of a recession. But because there's so many people coming in, the demand for products is a lot higher. Artificially, it's stimulating the economy where it looks good on paper for the police. But really, if we weren't bringing all these people in, uh, the, the, the truth would be out there and everyone would be, you know, would be in a deep recession, possibly. 100%, Tony. So the adjunct of what's, uh, what the current, current policy is is that uh, our standard of living will fall and cost of living will continue to go up and it's all about government uh, cooking the books, if you like, so the economic performance looks better than it really is uh, per capita. It's, it's a lazy way of doing things. Uh, it's not structural at all. Solution is there a, a better balance that they, the politicians can put in place? Uh, like you said, the red tape is just uh, relentless. If you want to get anything done, just something simple. Maybe the 
state and federal governments should get onto the councils, see if they can streamline things a lot quicker. That might be the solution. I don't know. Is there a better way to... Well, Tony, from my experience on that question, if you're going to have the amount of red tape in place that you do, you need more staff. To, to help the consumer through that. And with personal experience with local councils in recent times, it's it's an effort to get someone on the telephone to guide you through the red tape, never mind deal with it effectively. So um, unfortunately for local councils, I'm sure the staff would agree, they're all understaffed at the moment and you can't you can't have mass building go on, on, on in an unregulated uh, fashion because then you'll get poor quality build and we've seen the ramifications of that over time as well. Tony, thanks for your call because we don't have a lot of time left. And look, there are a number of text messages too that came in, uh, Peter, saying basically the same thing as Tony and questioning that. Uh, Joe says, why won't the government go back to a rental buy system on Housing Commission homes? Uh, laugh out loud, I'm showing my age. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. But just, Peter, we've only got a couple of minutes really uh, left to go. What points did you want to make in summary of, of where the market is, where it's going, and advice for anyone who's uh, wanting to get into it? Well, we've certainly broken down today the uh, population pressure that is is, is uh, creating um, demand in the housing market for low-end purchases, uh, sub $1 million, and uh, and the rental market. In time, hopefully, that will attract more buy and hold investors as as rents go up, Bill. I think the other thing that um, has not been discussed a great deal, um, but to some degree it has, and that's offshore buying. Um, from the start of the year, we saw a lot of people coming from China, mm. had them in the car, mainland Chinese, uh, heading around Sydney looking to buy multi-million dollar real estate. And the Australian dollar has dropped from 75, 76 cents 15, 16 months ago to mm. it's bottomed out as low as 63 cents, I think, in in recent times. So for an expat, an Australian working overseas who's eyeing off Sydney real estate yep. and offshore in, uh, foreign investors, that's made Sydney property cheaper and that's a big part of the demand and price increase that we're seeing at the moment. That's why a lot of them bought back in during COVID, wasn't it, which created that boom that nobody saw coming. Uh, Correct. Even though the situation then wasn't as lucrative for them as it was now. And uh, there was an article during the week about the big Chinese development companies pulling out now because their property market's collapsing, but not so much the small uh, one-off investors. Uh, Peter, thank you so much. We are out of time. Pleasure, Bill. Uh, Great we'll to see you. We'll do it again very soon. Look forward to it. Thanks for coming in. There he is, Peter O'Malley from Harris Partners.